Welcome to the Med Hustle Podcast. I'm going to give you the top hacks and strategies for navigating the healthcare system as a patient. Whether you're going to the emergency room or going to see your doctor in the office or if you're admitted in the hospital and have to spend the night in the hospital, I'm going to tell you the most important things you need to know to reduce the chances of medical errors happening to you and to give you the most comfortable time and the most useful time for your health. This is something not many people talk about and doctors don't really talk about it with their patients because in my opinion, this is the role of a primary care doctor, but all the doctors need to take ownership of educating their patients. This is the goal of this podcast is to elevate the health of society one step at a time, one patient at a time through casting a wide network of information that has not been shared overall. Let's take it back to the beginning. What if you have to go to the emergency room? God forbid you have to go to the emergency room. Sometimes there's different levels of an emergency. Sometimes it's a car crash where you don't have time to plan. Sometimes something bad happens, but you're still alert and able to pick up the phone and make phone calls and prepare to go to the hospital. Let's take a scenario where you have to go to the emergency room. What do you need to take with you to the emergency room to have a successful experience in the hospital? Number one, you need to have your health insurance card in your wallet. Not only that, let me give you a life hack just in case. So in case you're not prepared for the scenario, when go get your health insurance card right now and take a picture of it on your phone, then favorite that picture in a specific folder or favorite file. Then you take that picture and you email it to yourself with the email title of health insurance card. That way, anytime you're in the hospital, if you don't have the card, you can just pull up your email and find it and show it to the clerk because all they need to know is find the group ID, the type of insurance and your membership ID number. They can figure out the rest. You don't need the physical card really to manage the scenario. You just need the information on it. So that's step number one is where to have your health insurance card and having easily accessible backups to this card. That is one of the most high yield strategies you can have when you go to the emergency room or your doctor's office. It's gonna save you a lot of time shuffling and calling your loved one. Hey, can you find my wallet? Check in this drawer. Maybe it's in the car. Don't do that. Don't be that person because this is the best way to do it. Number two, you should have a list of your medications printed out on a piece of paper in your wallet. Some people, that doesn't work because the list is three pages long. If you have medications that are three pages long, you need to set up an appointment with your primary care doctor because nobody needs a medication list three pages long. Some people do, but not everybody, and it should be a minority. But we are in the era of chronic health problems. Let me back up again. The second step is to have a list of medications in your wallet. What type of list should this be? Well, you need to have the drug name, then you can add on a column for the brand name because sometimes Apixaban is also known as Eliquis and it's a blood thinner and the doctor asks you, are you on blood thinners, blah, blah, blah. You may not know these things. These are weird names. So you have the drug name, the brand name, what it's for, what is the dosage, and who is the doctor that prescribed this information. If you create a table like this on a piece of paper, and you print it out and put it in your wallet, that will save you a lot of problems. 
Why? Because a lot of times, the majority of times during my experience as a internal medicine resident, we would get patients coming in from nursing homes, coming in from home, elderly patients, patients with literacy barriers, who we ask them, did you take your medicines? What medicines are you taking? Oh, I don't know. There's 10 medicines. I don't know what they are. I don't know which ones I took. I think I took my blood pressure. I think I took my blood thinner. I'm not sure. And then the doctor's not sure, should I give them their blood thinner today or tomorrow? Did they take their blood thinner? What if you over thin their blood? What if you under thin their blood and they get a blood clot? We get cornered in these difficult scenarios because the patient doesn't know what medicine they take and when's the last time they took it. There's a lot of challenges of verifying medications. It's called medication reconciliation. There should be steps of this as the patient enters the hospital, but there's a lot of fallacies and faults that take place. That's a different topic. But in order to protect yourself as a patient, you need to have this list in your wallet, but similar to the health insurance card situation, take a picture of it, put it in your favorites folder, email it to yourself, and say up-to-date medications or medications 2023 or whatever you want to title it that you'll remember, title it and email it to yourself. These two pieces, if you do these two things, you will reduce the likelihood of medical errors happening to you by a long shot. Why do medical errors happen? It's because doctors and healthcare providers make decisions without enough data. It's all about the data. If we don't have enough data, we start making decisions with less data and take higher risk. Unfortunately, sometimes we're cornered in that scenario. No doctor wants to hurt a patient. That's a Hippocratic oath. No doctor wants to hurt a patient. But sometimes we don't have enough data and we have to tackle a medical emergency and make a decision. Thus, these are the two biggest pieces. Okay, that is the first piece. Imagine that if you're going to the emergency room. But What's going to happen? A lot of times in our crumbled healthcare systems, whether it's the US, England, other countries, people wait in the emergency room waiting room for hours, four hours, 10 hours, 12 hours. Then when you get inside, you're actually in a hallway. You may get a hallway bed. You may not even get a private room. You may be on a stretcher in the hallway exposed to all the public people and you don't have any privacy, and that's considered you waiting in the emergency room. That could be another 12 hours before you get a bed in the hospital. And these are so big barriers to the patient's comfort, uh, safety, privacy. Just if you're suffering in pain and you're just in the hallway and you're dealing with so much, you don't have any privacy, it could be a truly humiliating experience. Unfortunately, I see this all the time. We go get consults in the emergency room. There's patients left and right. And this is a healthcare system problem. This is not the doctor wanting to put patients in the hallway. This is just a so much demand, not enough supply problem. That's what we're dealing with. Why am I mentioning this? Now we want to talk about your comfort while you're in the hospital. How do you maximize comfort? Well, number one, I recommend every person in the world, if possible, to have a little duffel bag in their trunk of the car or in their house for hospital. They need to have a hospital bag. What are you going to put in your hospital bag? One, you're going to put clean socks, clean shirt, clean underwear. Two, you're going to put a phone charger. Three, you're going to get a book to read. Here's some cool books right here. Four, 
you are going to take a toothbrush and toothpaste. Sometimes you can get toothbrush, toothpaste, but that's later when you get in your private hospital bed, which may be a full day. So don't rely on anybody and don't rely on the healthcare system to make you comfortable. Those are the essentials. Oh yeah, guess what? You should have a duplicate copy of your medication list in that hospital bag, just in case your wallet got lost. You don't have your wallet, you don't have internet access, but you have the bag. There's a third copy of your medication list so no one can screw it up. A lot of times patients, let's say they get in a motorcycle crash or a car accident and you know the paramedics have to break away their clothes and take off their clothes and the belongings get split from the patient. Patients lose their belongings in the hospital because you go from the trauma bay to the CT scanner to the hospital bed to the OR. Your belongings may not successfully follow you sometimes. So this is just a backup. We're creating redundancy in your safety. We're creating redundant engineering systems in your safety so fewer medical errors can happen to you. This is just a example of all the problems I see in the emergency room that are never addressed. This happens over and over and over. We get elderly patients, even with their family members. Oh, Pops, what medicine? Did you take your med? I don't know. Put someone with memory loss, they don't know which med they take. They don't have supervision. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. These highlights, let me back up. Put your health insurance card in your wallet, send it to your email. Put a list of medications in your wallet, send it to your email, and put it in your hospital bag. Have a hospital bag ready to go for emergencies. These are the three main tips I would say for, for going to the emergency room. And this situation will make the experience a lot better and a lot safer. Now, what if you need to go to your doctor's office? The health insurance card and the medication list also apply. But... Also, you need to have a list of questions. Now we're going to a doctor's office, whether it's a specialist, you're coming to CGI, whether you're going to see your primary care doctor, you need to understand that you have a certain time slot that your interaction can take place in. So if I were you, anytime I'm a patient, I write down four to five questions that I want answered. What are the f most pressing things you need answered? Do you need refills? Do you need to ask a question about a diagnosis? Do you wanna ask about interpreting a CT scan result? What do you want for this scenario? Too many times, and people don't understand this, people who don't work in healthcare don't understand the demands on a healthcare provider, on a doctor, what we have to manage on a high scale, high volume with short amount of time. We get these medically complex patients, heart failure, pneumonia, COPD, blood clots, allergies, all this massive list of things, and then the patient is waiting for their appointment. They've been waiting for this appointment four or five months. And then the patient gets in the office and says, I don't know why I have an appointment. You're the doctor. You tell me. It's like, come on, man. Yes, I understand. But take ownership. You can't play the innocent, the victim card. Take ownership of your health. We're trying to help you take care of your body. This isn't our body. We want to help you take care of your body. But I'm not speaking from a stance of arrogance. I'm speaking from a stance of if you are not aware of your body's health, I'm not telling you to go learn the pathophysiology of COPD and how your inhalers work on a cellular level. I'm telling you that if you have COPD, stop smoking, first of all, and then have a list of your inhalers, your medications, understand what makes you feel better, are you short on meds, understand the supply you have. For example, we'll ask a patient, do you need refills? 
oh, I'm not sure. I think I have one to two pills. And then they'll call us back and say, actually, I had 120 pills, canceled the refill, waste of medication, insurance processing, blah, blah, blah. Cost of health care goes up. These are scenarios we encounter on a daily basis. I can go into so many rabbit holes of problems that lower the quality of care for patients and lower just the experience for the patient. We want to take care of you the best we can. And I'm not frustrated at all. I, I just see the frustration. I have patients angry, frustrated, sad, depressed, isolated all the time. They come to the office not prepared, but that's okay. I'm here to support you. Med Hustle, this is the goal. I'm educating you on how to optimize your experience in the healthcare system. Let's say you come to the GI office, you want to talk to Dr. G and you say, hey, I'm here for diarrhea. What do I need to know? I need to know how many bowel movements are you having a day? I need to know your medication list because 80% of the time it's a medicine you're taking or a supplement or a herb you're taking. I need to understand what your lifestyle is like, your diet, how you're living, and if you've been, you know, exposed to infections, all these things. I, ha I have a lot of questions in response to I have diarrhea, fix me. So I need a little bit of data to help guide us to the solution. The best data you can give a doctor is the medication list. And that will lower the chances of a doctor running tests they don't need to run, putting you through a scanner they don't need to put you through, and prescribing a medication that can make your situation worse. I'm going to highlight this with one of the most ridiculous examples I've ever seen. Just last week, this is last week, I had my GI clinic in the office, outpatient patients come to me walking in the office and they leave the same day. This is called an outpatient clinic. I had a patient who's been waiting for a GI appointment for seven months. That's how backed up we are. So she's waiting for a GI appointment seven months. What's the problem? Oh, I have diarrhea. Okay, let me see your medication list. This patient had a three-page medication list. I said, oh, that's a lot of medication. Who manages your medicine? She said, oh, I just have the bottles and I take them. There was low health literacy. That's not the patient's fault. That just is, you know... We don't have to go in that rabbit hole. Very low health literacy, three pages of medications, don't know what each medicine is, don't know how to pronounce them, don't know who, who's prescribing what, and don't know what medicine is doing what. So this patient comes to me with diarrhea. She's been waiting six months to get seen and a three-page medication list. This was a referral from the primary care who was actually not a physician. It was a nurse practitioner, which that's its own rabbit hole of discussion. Nurse practitioner versus MD, management of patients. We can get into that discussion at a later time. So, sorry, I got a spam call. But we, this patient, let me rephrase. This patient comes in with diarrhea. Waiting, this patient has had diarrhea. They waited six months to get in. They have a three-page list of medications. They don't know what medicine they're taking, what medicine they're not taking, and they don't know what the medications are for. And on the list of medications is Miralax, Metamucil, Senecat, which is all these give you diarrhea. And then, then the primary care provider, who is not a doctor, prescribe them an anti-diarrheal agent. That's ridiculous. You have three agents causing diarrhea, then you add on a medication to prevent diarrhea, and now the list turns into three pages. The most important thing that should have happened is 
reconciliation of the medication, having a list of medicines for the provider to review. And my assumption is that maybe that patient, when they went to the primary care, they didn't have a list of medications and the provider wasn't able to reconcile the medications because the patient doesn't have any knowledge about them. And so they added on an anti-diarrheal thing, said, go CGI, let them figure it out. The reason I had the list of medication because it was an after visit summary that was printed out, the patient had in their purse and they gave it to me, but we don't know if they're taking this or that. That's just one scenario. This is the least level of problem for patients that I see on a daily basis. The levels increase and we're going to talk about this through various series in this podcast, but I want to make this easy for the patients. I want to help patients thrive with their bodies, with their health, so we can live as a happy community, happy society, and strong country, optimistic about the future where everyone's healthy and we're building nice projects and we're building nice communities that's safe for our kids and everyone's engaged and wants to grow and wants to learn for a healthier future. That's the big scale of things. But we have to start with this podcast episode telling you how to go to the hospital. I hope this message is valuable There's a lot more to say. These are the highlights. I don't want to stretch the topic too thin. I want to give an opportunity for engagement for people to ask questions. And I want to offer solutions. If you have problems, if you've encountered the healthcare system with problems, tell me about them. Write me in the comments. Send me a message so I can tell you as a board certified internal medicine doctor how to manage these scenarios. Being in the healthcare system is my jam. I've worked in it for many years now. Yes, as a medical student, as a trainee, now I'm in my fellowship specializing, but I see the dynamic is so rapid. Companies are getting bought out. Healthcare systems are monopolizing. It is very complicated. There's so much jargon. There's so much medical lingo that the general patient doesn't know. And I'm here to simplify it for you and make your life easier. I want you to be healthy. I want your parents to be safe. I want you to have an excellent experience. This is the med hustle philosophy is to uplift the people. And that's the only way forward. Let me know if you enjoyed this podcast episode. I'm going to drop it on the podcast servers. And then we're going to have some uh, videos streaming on different platforms. I appreciate you for tuning in. Follow me on all the social media platforms. This is just the beginning because the future is always bright. And no matter what scenario you're in, never lose hope. Do not lose hope if you're in a dark place or if you're experiencing a dark day. There is something good that's about to happen. And that's always the case. Do not be pessimistic because we don't have enough information or data to be pessimistic about the future. That's my message to the people. I appreciate you for tuning in. Med Hustle, Dr. G. Peace.